Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. What a day for PK and the PK. Chicago Blackhawks dethrone the Vegas Golden Knights and they hand the reigning Stanley Cup champions their first non-win of the season. An overtime winner and this team responds to the challenges from their head coach and end their three-game losing skid. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 8.30 tonight here on 720 WGN Radio. Let's head on back to Sin City and bring in our buddy, our pal, Troy Murray, who broke down this game with John Weideman. And Troy, what a win. What a win for this team. What a win for this coach. I mean, Luke Richardson is a guy that always gets his team ready. And as harsh he was on his team a few nights ago, as harsh as he was on them in practice, that was all a chance to get this team ready for this game this night, and it really paid off. Yeah, it really did, and if you you look at the way that this game kind of started to unfold, two quick goals in the first period, minute 35, 3.52 into the game, and Vegas is up 2 nothing. you're thinking, oh man, this is going to be a long night for the Blackhawks, but they dug deep, they fought, they competed, they worked hard, they got a ton of effort from basically everybody in the lineup tonight it was a hard-working effort to come back in this game to win it in overtime the way that they did there's just going to be so much excitement inside that locker room and a message and a response that luke richardson was looking for and boy did everyone contribute because they needed everybody dickinson goes down vlasic goes down a couple of rough penalties with connor murphy and seth jones but everybody pitched in today I mean, I mean, the PK was huge, and again, you don't get that without the team camaraderie that I think has kind of been building now for the past day. Yeah, this is a really good group of guys. Uh, everybody gets along well, and, you know, families have squabbles. Brothers will fight. Siblings will get into arguments, and you want that because you want that challenge inside the locker room. You don't want everybody to be going, oh, this is great, and this is cozy. Okay, we lost. Hey, well, that's fine. You know, I like you. You like me. You want to have these battle drills. You want to have the competition. You want to have those competitive juices flowing. And I think you saw it here tonight. Everybody did chip in. The penalty killing was excellent, four for four. Uh, Vegas, you know, in the in the coming into this game in the top ten in their power play, and scored two for five in that first game in Chicago. So you knew it was going to be a tough challenge. They they worked hard. They blocked shots. They, man, I mean, just uh, everything that you looked for in an effort was there tonight big game by so many people and I I don't think anybody was a passenger in this game I thought that if you talk about any player that they did what they needed to do to win this game and it wasn't easy yeah and I feel like it can go even a little bit further because they didn't play a perfect game they didn't come out of the gate exactly the way they would have liked to I mean Vegas catches some momentum by tying up the game in the third period Uh, they force overtime they have a couple of rough penalties I mean they fought through some adversity in this game against the best team in the NHL right now. And again, I think that makes this win a little bit more valuable. It can go a little bit further with that. I, I, I agree with you. you. You look at how this game was won, and it wasn't easy. I mean, they, they had to dig deep, and, and they did. And I think to a man, I think they challenged each other and looked in the mirror and said, you know what, i got to do my part here, and everybody did. The penalty killing, you know, and just everything, everything that... 
you looked at this game, and nothing was easy. Vegas wasn't going to give you anything. Well, they did give you one thing where Theodore turned the puck over there, but, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often. You're not going to get gifts from Vegas very often, and you didn't for the rest of the game. You had great goaltending. Defense was phenomenal. Vlasic is out. You know, you're down to five. Kevin Dean, the coaching staff, I thought did an excellent job of uh, adjusting some things that they had to do on defense. Not easy to kind of rotate and get everybody involved on the defensive side of it. You lean heavily on the experience of Connor Murphy and Seth Jones, but also the energy of the young guys and the experience of a guy like Tenorti, who I thought was excellent in this game. So, so many good things happened. Uh, in this game tonight. Well, and even with the mistake by Theodore, I mean, let's face it, the Blackhawks were due for the other team to make a mistake for once, and they they didn't let it slip by. So that's what good teams do, and the Blackhawks showed that today. Uh, Troy, the next game's against Arizona. you got to keep this momentum rolling. Obviously, Arizona, a different kind of team than the last five that the Hawks have played against, but you can't slow down this mojo right now. you you got to keep the adrenaline going. Yeah, you do, and you're going to have an opportunity to relax tomorrow, regroup, have a good practice on Sunday, and get ready for that game against Arizona, who's been off to a a pretty good start. Uh, You know, I wouldn't say surprising, but, um, you know, 500 after six games. um, We'll be going into that game on Monday. They'll have another game under their belt. But uh, a young, fast team uh, that's coached well, they're not a heavy team like this, but they, they, they come at you. They're kind of like a New Jersey team as far as the, the way that they want to model their, their game. They've got some really good skill up front, and it's going to be another tough challenge for the Blackhawks. Well, Scottsdale, Arizona, or Tempe, or wherever you guys are at, isn't a bad place to be for the weekend. Especially, maybe you'll catch some World Series action. Well, maybe not. Uh, no, they're not there, but well, it, it'll... There's, an, there's, an, there's an ASU football game. And we're staying right down there, which would be crazy tomorrow. But uh, and I've got plans tomorrow that uh, have nothing to do with anything except a little white ball. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, to that, Troy, I'll say hit him straight <laughs> and, uh, and, and just try to be as mentally composed as the Blackhawks were tonight out on the ice. Don't, don't let you become your worst enemy out there. Trust me, I am just happy to be out on the golf course anytime I can. I can now. I don't care what I shoot anymore. It's just a it's a bonus every time I get to play, and that's the way I look at it. So I am going to enjoy tomorrow. Well, that's fair, and we'll all be thinking of you when it's rainy and chilly and turning into fall here in Chicago. So enjoy it and uh, have fun. This was a fun win, Troy. It, it is. We'll be able to, John and I will be able to enjoy it like the rest of everybody. All right, pal. Safe travels. Talk to you later. Thanks, Joe. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight from the T-Mobile Arena as the Blackhawks get lucky in Vegas. A 4-3 overtime winner. What a game. What a victory. And honestly, this is an example. I know I use this phrase a lot, but this is an example of what Luke Richardson is capable of. We go ahead and give a player with the most heart every game, and I heard Troy give the player of the game to Philip Kurashev, who scored the game winner. But player with the most heart, I mean, I say give it to either the entire team or Luke Richardson. And I know that's all sunshine and rainbows, but this game could have gone sour very quickly and very early. Again, Vegas jumps out to a quick 2-0 lead, and it kind of just spelled Everything that Luke Richardson was working towards heading into this game. Everything that the players were talking up during yesterday's practice. But 
again, when down to nothing, they didn't slow down their offensive production. They didn't slow down their tenacity to just shoot the puck towards the net. And Ryan Donato finds the back of the net. All of a sudden, the Hawks have a little bit of life. All of a sudden, the momentum, not turns, but starts to steer towards the Hawks' way. And then you get a Connor Bedard goal, which gets the juices flowing no matter where the Hawks are at. Weird stat for you, too. Connor Bedard with three goals this year, two of them on the road, one in Boston, one tonight in Vegas, the other one at the United Center. All of them in a red sweater, even though two of them were road games. Boston was wearing their... Uh, 100-year anniversary sweaters in that game, the home opener, and then the Vegas Golden Knights wearing the all-white sweaters. Yeah, on Nevada Day. Not only did the Hawks ruin the party on Nevada Day, they spoil the undefeated start to the season, and they just really turn things upside down in Vegas with this overtime winner. A lot of fun things to talk about, a lot of positives. We can really break this one down and, and just pull out so many positives, but I, I want to give you a chance to do that, too. I know it's Friday night, but come join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. We're recapping a big Blackhawks win tonight. And again, our player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. We're recapping the win of the year. Yeah, we're eight games in, but still, the win of the year for the Hawks here on the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. What it should have been, John Weideman should have had the opportunity to say it was Connor Bedard's third straight game with a goal and his third goal on his last four shots. If you remember the last game against the Boston Bruins, Bedard did have a goal. They overturned it because of an offside violation that happened, I don't know, 50 seconds before Bedard had scored the goal, but instead it ends up being his second goal over the last three games. It's his third goal goal overall, and again, one on the road in Boston, one at home at the United Center, and now one in Vegas. That tied up the game at two. The Hawks took a 3-2 lead in the third period. Vegas tied things up later on in that third period, but then a Philip Kurashev overtime game winner gives the Hawks their third win of the season, ends Vegas's undefeated start to the year as reigning Stanley Cup champs. They now move to 7-0-1 on the year as the Hawks improve to 3-5-0. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 8.30 tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text Dexter in Bolingbrook texting in saying, great win for the Blackhawks. Question, Joe. Are they worn out now, or are they strong enough to make the playoffs? Okay, I don't... All right, let, let's let's dissect this a little bit. I don't think you can be worn out in the eighth game of the season. I, I We can still pull positives from games, and we can still be excited about this team, even if the playoffs aren't an ideal situation. I think today just proved so much in terms of how Luke Richardson can get a team motivated. When the Blackhawks hired Luke Richardson, they did so before they got Connor Bedard. They needed, wanted, and had to choose a head coach that was going to enter into this rebuild, but a coach that they wanted to keep for after the rebuild and to reap the benefits of the rebuild. And that's why it was a extensive search, and they 
went through a lot of candidates, and they came out with Luke Richardson. And I thought about this today. Last year, super impressed by what Luke Richardson was able to do. Maybe six or seven games that the Hawks just weren't in out of 82. But he got that team ready to play basically every day, and they finished with the third-worst record in, in hockey. Now, I say that as a positive. I know it doesn't sound that way, but I guess if you flip the order of it, he got the third-worst record in hockey to come ready basically every day last year. He didn't have to throw his team under the bus after the Boston game. If he if he didn't expose his team, I don't think anyone really would have batted an eye. But when he took the job, knowing that it was going to be a rebuild, he immediately said, I'm still going to try to win every game. Kyle Davidson gives him that free reign. Even though the Hawks were clearly trying to obtain the draft pick for Connor Bedard, which they got, Kyle Davidson gave Luke Richardson the keys to the car. And he drove it quite well. Now this year, it's a different situation for Richardson. It's a little bit the same, but it's still pretty different. And yes, a big reason of that is because they have Bedard. But as Troy has mentioned, the roster doesn't look the way it does if they don't land Connor Bedard. You don't see Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Ryan Donato, Corey Perry. Maybe you see some of those guys if the Hawks land on Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli. But, I mean, Taylor Hall was brought in because he's done this before. He has supported a first overall draft pick. Nick Foligno was brought in to help instill a solid culture in the dressing room. Ryan Donato was brought in to hopefully help that line, but just also deepen the Blackhawks' scoring ability, their depth offensively. And then Corey Perry, kind of all the above. So Luke Richardson, even if we're not talking about playoffs right now, or thinking playoffs, or expecting playoffs... And again, that's that's us. That can be media, that can be fans, that can be even the way upper front office. We had this conversation last year. Everyone on the team is expecting to win and expecting to make the playoffs and do everything that they can to win a game because that's just what athletes do. But it's a different spot for Luke Richardson this year because he doesn't want to play the same old song of, well, we tried hard, well, we gave it our best effort, and look at how close we came, even with this rough lineup. There's more talent on this team. It's deeper. It's more skilled. With old guys and young guys. So rather than just go to the media after a shutout loss against Boston for the third straight loss and again sing the whole song of, well, we tried real hard. We we got to play a full 60 minutes. He called his team out. And honestly, you don't get that close to winning games against really good teams if you're not capable of winning them. So I think that's where the frustration came. It's it's almost like you give 90%, but where's the final 10? And, and I'm not saying the Hawks were giving 90% because even Luke had said that, you know, it's not the work ethic, ethic that we're missing out on. It's 
It's the battles that we get to from the work ethic. I'm paraphrasing, but basically missing out on battles, on 50-50 battles, on, on puck chases, and, and wars against the boards, and things like that. And that's why he kind of lit a fire under this team to get things going, get things a little bit more motivated. And again, calling a team out, and this team responded exactly how they should have. Now again, it wasn't the best start. Our buddy Tim from Urbana, who only chimes in on rough scenarios, except actually today, I think he, for the first time ever, had a somewhat positive thing to say about the Hawks, kind of. Um, He was not happy at the beginning of the game. And again, we only hear from Tim from Urbana when he's got something negative to say. And he had something to say when the Hawks were down 2 nothing. We didn't hear from him the entire rest of the game until the end, around overtime, when he says the linesmen can shove their whistles up there, you know what. So I think that's the first semi-kind of positive thing that Tim from Urbana's had to say because it's not negative against the Hawks. But again, it's it's how they won this game. And if they if they go out there in Vegas and they, I don't know, shut down the Golden Knights, which is almost far-fetched to think, like they win this game 2-0, 3-0, again, kind of tough to idealize, it's a different scenario. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's different. They did not have the best start tonight. They did not avoid bad penalties. I don't think no, the Hawks had one power play. But the PK looked really solid today, and they didn't even have everyone. They lose Alex Vlasic in the second period. They were missing some time from Jason Dickinson. He had a blocked shot. And then, I mean, Murphy goes down with the slashing penalty at the end of the second period. Seth Jones goes down with the tripping penalty in the third period. So at some point, they don't have Vlasic, and they don't have Jones or Murphy. And they probably had their two best kills of the year. Again, the main phrase I said last year was, if this is what Luke Richardson is able to do with that roster, imagine what he's able to do with a solid roster. One that's ready to compete. One that's ready for the playoffs. We're going to hear from Luke Richardson, Philip Kurashev, and Connor Bedard after the break, but we'd like to hear from you. 312-981-7200. Hawks beat the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. to This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Only eight games in, but that is the win of the year, 4-3 over the Vegas Golden Knights. Hawks improved to 3-5-0 and on the season. Vegas suffers its first non-victory. An overtime loss. They dropped to 7-0-1. They were the first Stanley Cup Defending champion to go 7-0 and to start the season. And their first loss at home on Nevada Day comes to the expense of the Chicago Blackhawks, who end a three-game skid. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Taking you up to 8.30. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. From the 312 area code, Hawks win, Nuff said. From the 773 area code, great effort, great coaching, and a great game. Wow. 779, hi Joe, great game, one game at a time, let's go Hawks, I still don't like him, and that is the Wells family who for whatever reason doesn't like Kyle Davidson, but uh, we can't even open that can of worms right now. 
Great win for the Hawks. Great win for Luke Richardson, the guy that Kyle Davidson hired. Let's hear from the Blackhawks head coach, Luke Richardson. Five minutes into that one, you had to wonder if they had listened to you in that practice. Yeah, no, I uh, uh, give them credit. Like They came out really hard, and they do that in this building, and that's what we want to try and do in our building with all that energy. But uh, you know what? Uh, a couple guys, I heard Dickinson you know, yelling at the guys, like encouraging. Lee, that uh, you know, come on, we got to start this off and get it turned around. And sure enough, I thought we really battled hard the rest of the way. And uh, you know, even on some obstacles, like we had some penalties to kill. Um, you know, we lost a defenseman five D on the road. Uh, it was tough, and, and the guys really fought. And you know, that's that's a really good sign of a, of a team. And I, I really like that early in the season. You were in the exact same situation the second intermission last time against these guys. Was there anything you talked about in terms of referencing back to that that you were able to do differently? Uh, it, 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 I saw it at the end, and I thought about it. But we were on the penalty kill still for a bit, so that changes things. I thought we needed to be desperate, which we were, and had some blocks and some clears. We did an excellent job on the PK tonight. Really followed the plan to to suit uh, of what we pre-scouted them so that's a credit to the penalty killers and uh, I think you know when we scored right at the end of that penalty kill it was basically we weren't really uh, organized uh, with our change and everything when Rads stole the puck and scored so I think you can almost count it as uh, a plus for the penalty killing tonight Was that a head injury for Blast? Uh, we're not sure yet. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I even watched the video. I'm not sure if he kind of more of a whiplash or, or head. We'll have to wait and see and let him settle down. So luckily we have a couple of days, but uh, uh, he looked a little bit wobbly. So we'll have to just see how he feels tomorrow and go from there. Does it bother you that nobody answered that hit? I mean, it's kind of the same hit in the Taylor Hall. Yeah, and, you know, a couple guys were barking. A few guys went and talked to their players and let them know. And they're so tight, the games, that we can't afford to take one more penalty. And we'll take a penalty of battling hard, but if we take a penalty and we get goaded in and sucked into something stupid, then uh, those are the ones that usually go in against you. So I think, you know what, you just take a number and uh, and you let them know, and, and hopefully that changes maybe their outlook in the game. And, and just by talking to them, and I think I saw, I saw Nick talking to them, I saw Tori talking to him, Dickinson talking to him. And, uh, you know, that goes a long way because then, then your, your thinking changes as a player on the other team uh, if someone's coming after me or if something's going on. And uh, hopefully maybe it, it disrupted things. And, you know, Perry, Perry's always in the middle of that. So under his breath, he's talking to people out there too. So I think that, uh, that you know, people maybe stop playing and stop playing that other game, uh, which we played it well and we won that. So. Again, that's why you bring in guys like Felino and Perry to help support this young roster. And not just to support them when things do go wrong, like how they went with Alex Vlasic, but to make everyone feel a little bit safer, knowing that you've got those guys, those enforcers out on the ice for you and with you, to just help you play your game a little bit more fluidly. And my gosh, I hope that we get to see Alex Vlasic soon because... I honestly think he's been the most consistent Blackhawks defenseman to begin this year, and this is his first consistent year in the NHL. He has really done some fantastic things, just looks so comfortable out there, has been utilizing his body size. Um, Richardson had been using him with Seth Jones and Connor Murphy. He just seems to pair well with both guys. Um, It'd be a real shame to see him go down. The thing to speculate is Isaac Phillips was on the outside looking in at the beginning of the year, he did not make the cut. Wyatt Kaiser kind of made the cut over him. I thought Kaiser had a good game today, too. But 
it, I think it was an easier decision for Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson because they knew that Phillips could get consistent playing time down in Rockford, which is what they want for him in order to get closer to being the type of defenseman that they would like him to be. If you'd like to join us, again, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls and your texts from the 847 area code. The Hawks did a good job of killing off the Vegas power plays. Seeing Bedard get his third goal was great, but seeing the Hawks defeat the undefeated Knights was not what I was expecting. Vegas is a solid team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Real quickly about Bedard before we get into sounds from Philip Kurashev, who scored the game winner. I think today is also a good example of how you can break apart Connor Bedard's game and point out where he's good, maybe even great, and also where he's catching learning curves and where he's finding some adversity here at the NHL level. He scored his third goal of the year. Again, it should be his third straight game with a goal. It should be his fourth goal overall, but whatever. He scores his third goal. He ties up the game 2-2. I think he was on the ice for every second of overtime. I'd have to double-check that. But the game-tying goal by Vegas in the third period, where the Hawks are starting to generate some momentum, they're already up 3-2, and Bedard at the blue line, as Troy Murray had mentioned, just got a little bit too fancy, and then gets hit hard by Marsha Show. And then all of a sudden, Vegas comes down the other way, they get the rise of the crowd from this, they put more pressure on Peter Mrazek, and they tie up the game 3-3. It's, it's those things. It's, it's those things that Connor Bedard is going to learn. And it's a mistake that's just going to happen to any rookie. But the difference is he's not a guy that you, you send down or you punish or you, you say, oh, look, see, he makes this mistake. It's, it's one thing because he's trying to continue or create an offensive play in that moment, in that action. And that was something he could do in the WHL. And Marsh shows a big guy coming right at him. All of a sudden, the momentum gets turned on its head. I mean, in WHL, maybe he gets stick-checked at the very best. And then what? They dump the puck over into the neutral zone. Something along those lines. These are the types of things that Connor Bedard is going to learn. But again, coming in today, I was thinking about that. How cool is it that He's that type of player, that he gets to make these mistakes and he learns these things at the NHL level. I know Fantilli and Carlson are already up at the NHL too, although I think Carlson didn't play the other day. But I digress. It's just the fact that he's that type of player that is going to need this consistent NHL time in order to to learn these things and move past these things and just continue on with his game. And again, scores his third goal of the season in his eighth game. Pretty impressive stuff. Let's hear from the game winner, Phil, Phil Kurashev. What did you see on that shot to win? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, not the best looking uh, four on three I ever saw, but we got it done. So uh, just try to get the puck on net and uh, luckily went in. But it seemed like you guys been trying to, I guess, get that seam pass going, and it wasn't clicking. It wasn't just a, like I, don't know, I might as well shoot at this point. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was just a long shift too. Like we stayed out there for a while, and I uh, just saw the opportunity to shoot. I took it and uh, went in. Good to ask. How tired were you guys? You stayed out. There wasn't even time out there in between. Yeah, I mean, tired. Yeah, but uh, 
think we also had the puck a lot, so that gives you a lot of energy too. So um, we got to battle through it, and we got it done. So that's really good. They clearly had the omission, uh, the uh, momentum, uh, like early on in the game, and then you guys kind of flipped that. How, how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, they were buzzing at the start, and we had a great shift from that um, right line. Uh, they set up the, the next line, we got a goal, and then after that, I think we, we took the momentum a little bit. Then obviously they, they got one back, but I think uh, after that, we played a really solid game, and uh, I think it showed at the end. How have you felt in these first two games back? Yeah, feel uh, felt good. Uh, just really excited to be back and have that, uh, you know, be playing again after so long. And um, it's been fun. Finally, we got the win, so uh, I'm really happy. Is it an added boost to snap a three-game skid, but also to snap their seven-game win streak? They're the defending champs. Does it sort of help mentally? Yeah, of course. It's great for us. We're a young team, and we beat the defending champs. So. It's a great confidence boost for us. I think we can uh, learn a lot from it and take uh, good things from it, and hopefully we can build on something here. There's been a lot of jumbled lines, you know, throughout the season for you guys. Uh, how did you think you meshed them for tonight? Yeah, I think we had some really good plays. Uh, obviously, we still have to kind of, um, you know, see where each other goes or what's the tendencies. But I think overall we played some uh, a good, uh, good game, and uh, I think we can build on that. Last chance to get your calls and texts in 312-981-7200 from the 623 area code. Derek King was good in between coaches, but Luke is exactly what the Hawks needed as a coach. I'm still trying to get my tickets to see them play here on the 30th. The team really showed up for this game, except Jones is always. He needs to get traded. I don't know if I fully agree with that. Uh, great win for the Blackhawks tonight. Hopefully it will be another win on the 30th and maybe get them on a winning streak. That is from Julie. Not sure where Julie's at, but glad you had fun tonight. And from the 773 area code, great win tonight. Much needed. Their schedule has been an absolute murderer's row so far. Good confidence boost from tonight. Want to talk about that a little bit more, and we'll get you set up for the Hawks next game against the Arizona Coyotes on Monday. Last break, 312-981-7200. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Back out high for Jersey. To the middle. Now Keller. Real aggressive as Gabrikov on him. Schmaltz down low. Comes in front. Cooley across. They score. Cooley sets up Keller. And the Coyotes get a power play goal. And it's back to a one-goal game. Cooley sets up Keller to help the Coyotes. Say that ten times fast. Betcha Matt McConnell could of Valley Sports Arizona. That is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Blackhawks visiting Arizona on Monday. It'll be a 9 o'clock puck drop over in Tempe, an 8.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. And the Hawks are going to try to sweep this road trip against Vegas and Arizona. Did not think that that'd be possible heading into this road trip. I bet you weren't thinking that. I'm Joe Brand. We're wrapping up the Blackhawks postgame show here tonight as the Hawks take down the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. to That was me on the ding. Let's see if it was one more text. And it was. Hi, Joe. I think Seth Jones played a great game for the Blackhawks. All the best. John and Rogie the Cat in Oswego. All right. Thank you very much, John and Rogie the Cat. Um, Talking about the Blackhawks schedule, I know we've kind of been on this topic for a lot, and it it makes sense because there's just been a lot of losses recently, but let's face it, the Hawks' schedule has been incredibly difficult, and it still doesn't get much easier. Arizona hosts the Hawks on Monday. As Troy mentioned, they're not even off to that terrible of a start. Uh, 
the following game is at home against Florida. The Hawks are going to face the Tampa Bay Lightning twice in three games. I mean, it doesn't let up till pretty much around Thanksgiving. We've been through this. The Hawks are looking at this as a positive thing. It's better off to face these good teams now when you're jacked about starting the season and energized to get things going. And then pulling out wins against Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vegas, man, all on the road, that's something to talk about, too. That's Those are positive—not positive. Those are valuable, very big things that this team has done and should be credited for. I think the other thing is to keep in mind that these games, this tough talent that the Hawks are facing day in and day out— is doing a good job of limiting Connor Bedard, even though he has three goals already, is probably doing a good job of limiting Lucas Reichel. And I'm not saying that's the only reason why Lucas Reichel hasn't found the score sheet yet. I don't think he picked up a point tonight. Um, but I I talked about this a few post games ago to maybe be a little bit more patient with Lucas Reichel. I know some other people were saying that you're worried about stunting his confidence by keeping him at center too long. I just, I'd really like to see him get some more reps at that spot, at that position, with those responsibilities against a set of teams that aren't Vegas, Boston, Colorado, Toronto, Pittsburgh. Like, let him get into that role a little bit more. But again, I understand where the slight panic, the the frustration is coming from. Let's get to as many out of towns as we can, and we start in Carolina. Draw Carolina will get this puck in the slot. And this Chatfield will get it across the world. But a good look at those score! A one-timer and Tavo Teravainen is having a night. His second of the period. And guess what? He had a hat trick. Carolina on top of the San Jose Sharks. 3-0. Looks like San Jose is going to drop to 0-7-1 to start the year. Let's go to Jersey. Let's see what happens here as Buffalo brings it back in. Dylan Cousins with a oh, pass. Yeah. Oh, it's tipped away by Halla. He'll have a breakaway. Eric Halla is in all alone. Backhand scores! A shorty for Halla. It's 3-2. to two. Matt Laughlin of WFAN, the Devils Hockey Network, as the New Jersey Devils on top of the Buffalo Sabres right now, 5-4, but it's a close one with 5.33 left in regulation, and the Devils about to get a power play for the next two minutes. Capitals and Wild tied up at two later on tonight. L.A. visits Arizona, St. Louis on the road against Vancouver. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines. Your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we got here back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Alan Poppy, Jack Heinrich, and Colin McCarthy. Another big thanks to our engineers, tireless Krista Flores, and the captain, Brett Jackson. Another big thanks to John Weideman and Troy Murray, who had the call out at the T-Mobile Arena, calling this 4-3 overtime. Hawks win over the Vegas Golden Knights. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.